Hey, next on the T Nation, thanks for tuning in to this segment of the show featuring one of the top golf course designers on the planet, and that's Bill Bergen. And thank you all so much for your wonderful support. Thanks to you. The show is now rated number five on the Podcast Magazine Hot 50 list for the month of May. You all are so fantastic. Enjoy the segment. Before we get started, I want to remind you about our friends over at the Macklemore. Like I say, my buddies and I are headed back there in a couple of days for our annual golf trip. We had such a great time last year. We're going back again this year. Everything about the place is first class. The accommodations they set you up with are great. The practice facility is wonderful. The on-premise restaurant called The Craig has outstanding food and service. And the course lived up to every great expectation that we had for it. Can't say enough great things about it, folks. Go online to themaclemore.com to see how spectacular the place is for yourself. The golf course is co-designed by my guest tonight, Bill Bergen and Reese Jones. Our friend and PGA Tour caddy, Kip Henley, said, Outside of Pebble Beach, it's the most beautiful 18th hole he's ever seen. Golf Digest agreed, naming it the best finishing hole in America since 2000. And Lynx Magazine doubled down on that, naming it one of the top 10 finishing holes in all of golf. See why we're all saying so many great things about it by checking out the course and the resort online at themaclemore.com. And folks, this segment of the show is brought to you by TaylorMade. Golf is an interesting game because the better you hit the ball, the fewer shots you have to hit. That means the better you hit the ball, the less golf you actually have to play. That's why TaylorMade made the all-new Stealth Irons. TaylorMade Stealth Irons feature a cap-back design and a 3D toe wrap designed to help deliver increased distance through the bag and more forgiveness on those occasional, or maybe not so occasional, less than perfect shots. The result? Better shots more often, so you get to have more fun more often. So if you're the kind of golfer who wants to play less golf more often, try the all-new Stealth Irons from TaylorMade. Beyond Driven. All right, now back, and I'm honored to say this, for the 10th time, is one of the top golf course designers on the planet, and that's Bill Bergen. Let me remind you about Bill's background. Played his college golf at Auburn University from 1978 to 1981, where he was named first team All-SEC every year, and he helped Auburn win the 1981 SEC championship. His 65 during the 1979 Pan American Tournament still ranks as one of the lowest 18-hole scores in Auburn golf history. He's played in over 250 professional tournaments worldwide, including three U.S. Opens, two Open Championships, and at least 50 PGA Tour events. After his playing career, he started Bergen Golf Designs, and he has designed or renovated courses all over the world. Bill has been involved in over 70 golf course design projects. In 2017, he was named one of the top 10 most innovative people in golf. You've heard me talk about the recognition that the 18th hole at McLemore has received for being one of the top finishing holes in all of golf. But the course received an award for excellence in golf design by the American Society of Golf Course Architects in 2020. You can see Bill's work by going online to bergengolf.com. I'm excited he is back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Bill, how are you, my friend? Chris, I'm excellent, and I'm so excited that you guys are headed, heading up there this weekend. It should be a fantastic time. Yeah, I tell you what, we are tickled pink in various other colors. Can't wait to get back up there. Of course, it's fantastic. Um, I, I got to ask you, Bill, I need a little insider information because last year I didn't, I didn't take the trophy home. So I need a little strategy. I need a little help for how to get a little edge on my buddies. What, what is something besides don't hit it left on 18 that I need to keep in mind this year? 
Well, so I'm going to give you a little introduction on some things that are fun to do up there first, and then I'll give you a little guide on the golf course. So you might have to twist an arm or two, but we just built a Himalayas putting green that's 20,000 square feet of all types of contours, dips and doodles and twists and turns and umps. That is really going to be a lot of fun. It's scheduled to open June 1st. But you might have to ask for a taste of uh, right. something you can talk about on your on your show. And then, you know, the clubhouse area has, you know, it went from we didn't have one to something that is really, really special. You mentioned the Craig, the restaurant. Food is great, but the setting is unbelievable. It's such a cool place to sit outside and enjoy a meal or a drink and look over our short course, look over the 18th hole. So the short course might be what you need to warm up on before you go out, even even um, before you go up to the driving range. Go play the short course, six holes. You can do it in about half an hour, and it is a really great warm-up. Plus, it's a good good spot to um, start the betting off with your friends and even uh, maybe <laughs> recover, uh, recover a few dollars at the end of the round. It's also good for that. So... Um, the area, you know, we've created more fun things to do around the clubhouse. And, you know, we're a resort, and we've got a hotel that's under construction, and not every single person that visits that hotel will be an avid golfer. So we really love the short course in the Himalayas because it gives you a taste of golf without necessarily having to dive right in on, you know, with the full golf course. So it's, it's really cool. Now, over to the golf course. You know the 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 uh, second hole is tough. You can yes. be conservative. It's probably it's probably the hardest hole on the golf course. Some people it's their favorite. And the interesting thing about Macklemore is the more people you pull, the more variety of favorite holes you get. It's 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 a it's a very diverse golf course. It's on diverse property. Uh, some extreme terrain in some ways, but that's that's part of the cool stuff. And it's just a it's just a course that has a People have a lot of different favorites. So number two is definitely the hardest hole. So don't you don't necessarily have to be really aggressive with it. But um, if you make par there, you've done it's an accomplishment. You'll need to call me and let me know because it is <laughs> truly a, a challenging hole. But three and four are good birdie opportunities. So so think of those as, as scoring chances. And then we have the infamous sixth hole, which is a par five that plays out to a a top of a ridge, and then drops about 150 feet down into the second landing area in the greens complex. So eminently reachable. It's the kind of hole that yields threes or eagles and seven for double bogeys and, and everything in between. A very volatile golf hole. Some people's favorite. Some people not so much. All depends on what score you have when you finish that hole. But it, it's an exciting <laughs> hole. And, and my tip is hit it left off the tee. Left 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 in fact we combined fairways with number nine and we did that on purpose because you know it's a rocky site and it's um there's rock under the ground there and, and the further left you go the better view you have of the greens complex so when you hit it down the right side it's a bit shorter but you can't tell where to go but if you hit it down the left side it's slightly longer but you can see the green and so that's that's my tip the rest of golf course is really pretty straightforward um you, you know, it is, you see what you, you know, what you're going to get. Uh, 17's a great birdie opportunity. One of my favorite holes. It's just one of those that just sort of falls down, slightly downhill for what looks like miles, looks like 600 yards, but it's actually a reachable par five. 
uh, a really great scoring opportunity before you get to the to the 18th. And the 18th keeps getting more and more attention, which is exciting for us. So um, I, I you, you mentioned Lynx Magazine that picked it as um, as one of the top 10 holes in the world. Uh, it's very generous of them and very exciting for us. So um, it is a, a totally unique hole. Um, it sits on terrain that you really didn't think you could build a golf hole on. And that's part of the magic. And um, when you come down the hill uh, and you are exposed to the 18th, it is a wow moment. Uh, no matter what somebody describes to you or how many photographs you've seen, once you see it in person, it just has the scale that just just kind of blows you away. Bill, I want to talk about that second hole because last year I just couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure out what to hit off the tee. I either drove it into the water or I drove it way right. Give me some help. What What is the right club to take off that tee? What's a good strategy to play it successfully? If I'm not on the back tee, I'll hit a three wood um, down there, sort of sort of right center. Um, you most likely it stays out of the lake if I pull it. Um, and then it's a good solid seven iron into the green. Um, but it, 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 the thing is, the second shot just just has the green's relatively large, but it sits at a slight angle. And there's you know the hazard down the right side causes a lot of players to pull the ball. Well, if you pull it, there's a bunker over on the left which you, you really actually do want to be in if you pull it um, because there's also trees to the left. So your, your miss is left because psychologically you don't want to miss it to the right. But it does take a, you know, a trusted golf swing on the second shot. Again, it's not, you know, if you watch somebody play it and execute properly, you go, well, that didn't look very hard. But day in and day out, I think it's our our most challenging hole in the golf course. I agree with that. Bill, on the McLemore's website, the tagline is live life above the clouds. And I've seen pictures when the 18th hole is literally looking down on the clouds. Talk about the elevation of the golf course. Yeah, so it sits about 2,100 feet, which is absolutely fabulous, especially being in the southeast. And so what happens as you rise up every 1,000 feet or so, you you tend to get about 5 degrees cooler. And so, you know, Highlands is a very nice spot in the summertime because it's cool. Well, Macklemore is not as high as Highlands, but it definitely has its own microclimate. And it, it, it's a it's a, a lovely place to be. You, it changes all the time. Some days you are above, literally above the clouds. Every day you're above the the birds that are soaring um, above Macklemore Cove, and it's amazing. You sit out on the, at the clubhouse or on 18, and you look out, and you're looking down, and you see you know you see hawks or e- even eagles, and they're soaring around, but they're below you, and that's kind of this unusual. Um, you just don't see that very often. And so it's a really cool spot. The other thing is the sunrises on the 18th hole are just phenomenal. I mean, they are breathtaking. Uh, this week I was up, I guess last Friday and, um, Dwayne showed me a picture of just this morning sky. It was the, the, you know, red sky in the morning, sailor take warning. Well, it was a gorgeous day. And it was incredible the the colors that we see uh, looking east in the morning at Macklemore, and from the clubhouse area, from the 18th hole, from the new Himalayas or the shore course, it is just stunning. Bill, I've said to you before, there needs to be a Bergen Trail through Northwest Georgia and Eastern Tennessee, similar to what we see over in Alabama with the Robert Trent Jones Trail. Remind our listeners about 
the Bergen design courses that if we headed north up I-75 from Atlanta towards Tennessee, that we could play? Yeah, so, you know, we work mostly in the south, and you can't take an interstate um, going in any direction where you can't run into one of our golf courses pretty quickly. Um, when we today we were in Knoxville, Tennessee, and we probably passed six of our courses on the way to Knoxville. Um, wow. You know, and 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 if you give us a little another hour, we'd probably be ten. Um, and so it it you know it's and and we work all over all over the south but uh, whether you're going out i20 or or going south right now we're about to redo Valdosta Country Club down in South Georgia which is one of the you know uh, founding member clubs in the state of Georgia for the Georgia State Golf Association and um that's kind of exciting i love working on historical renovations and so Valdosta is a very exciting course for us um and looking forward to get starting with that one and then we actually have three what I would call new golf courses, Chris. So not just in the renovation business, but actually new courses. Now you're going to laugh because two of those are being are completely brand new golf courses that are being built on top of an existing golf course. So I guess you could call that a <laughs> renovation. But they're brand new. And we're moving the clubhouse. On one of them, we're moving the clubhouse. We rerouted it completely. We're not leaving anything. On the other one, the clubhouse stays the same, but we're not leaving anything. It's a brand new golf course. Uh, one of those is down at Auburn, which is the public course, Indian Pines. Um, and really, really excited about that. And then we're doing one of those at the Audubon Golf Course in Memphis, Tennessee, on an incredibly good site. Uh, and a really exciting project. And what I love about those, I work mostly in the private club market, but what I love about these two projects is they're going to be affordable, they're going to be fun, but they're going to be smart golf courses. You're go- I don't care how good you are, you're going to want to play these golf courses because intellectually they're going to challenge you, but if you're a brand-new golfer, they're going to be totally playable. And as an architect, that's a quite a challenge and one that I totally embrace. And so really excited about making golf that's really fun and yet sneaky guard. Um, and that, they, you know, in, 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 in Memphis, they want to host, you know, the Tennessee State Amateur on this golf course and the University of Memphis will play, will play out there. And it's, you know, and then, but, but the general public play there every day. And so it's really an exciting thing for us to, to build these new, new golf courses yet make them really playable for everybody. Bill, I want to go back to one of the first ones you mentioned down in Valdosta, Georgia, because when we talk about Valdosta, immediately coming to mind isn't great golf, but there is great golf down there, and we've got one of the most historic courses in our state there. Talk about the work you're doing there and how great it's going to be. Well, we're so we're getting started. Um, you know, we're we're almost finished with plans now, and so we will start construction probably January third on that project. Uh, and, and Valdosta Country Club is a historic golf course. It's been around a long time. Um, and has, it, it's an important course in the, in the history of our, our state. Um, Davis has done a nice, Davis loved a nice course down in Valdosta area called Kinderloo. And they play, uh, the West, the Corn Ferry Tour on it. And so, but Valdosta is a, a great spot. Um, uh, we have a really good site. And again, we all will be returning this golf course to that 1920s historic, you know, uh, plastic, uh, golden age of architecture type golf course. So it's that, that's going to be, going to be a lot of fun. 
Bill, you did some work over at Oaks Country Club out in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's a Tillinghast original design. The course celebrated its 100th anniversary last year. Talk about the work you did there. Yeah, so the Oaks is a really beautiful old golf course that Tillinghast did, um, like you said, in 1922, I believe. And it's right down the road from Southern Hills, so it's not far away. Um, and it's on a beautiful piece of property. And we went in there in 2015 and redid it. Golf Digest picked it the fourth best redo in America that year, so we are pretty pleased with that result. But more importantly, the club has just thrived since that renovation. Um, they're really successful, full membership, waiting list to join, um, lots of great things. Uh, an interesting golf course in that when I, you know, a lot of the historic courses that we work on have already been renovated so many times that the historical features are gone. And the Oaks was exactly that type of golf course, although the routing didn't change. And you could tell how well um, Tilly laid the golf course on the property. And that, that did not change. Uh, we did have to move some tee boxes to restore some of those cool features that he that he worked with because guys hit it so much farther today. But but the landing areas and greens complexes were all in the right spot, and and that was that was exciting. But we went in and you know took this golf course that had been previously renovated, and we did not have original plans. We had some photographs, but interestingly enough, the greens plans from the previous renovation actually had the Tilly contours in their base contours, not on what they did, but what was there before that. And so I took those green plans, I ignored what they became, and I looked at all of the contours from before they started and was able to take those contours as the inspiration for what I was doing. Now, you have to know, and you're going to see this this week at Southern Hills, greens back in the 20s were probably running seven at the most. And so they had a lot more contour than they do today. And Southern Hills gets really edgy. In fact, I've been following it and paying attention to what people have been saying. And I don't think they're going to run the speeds on those putting surfaces at Southern Hills as fast as they sometimes do because it limits hole locations and some of the greens become, you know, possibly unfair. And Southern Hills, the ninth and 18th have that reputation and have had it for a long time. So it'll be really cool to see what Gil Hans did out there and, and how that course plays for this tournament. I think you've got so many guys playing well coming into it. Tigers ready to go. Obviously, JT and Spieth and Rom and Scotty Scheffler and the list goes on. So many great young players that it's really exciting, and I'm expecting a superb PGA Championship. I think this one will be one that, that really, uh, I just have a good feeling about it. I think it's going to be one that, that is uh, historic and exciting. Uh, so, so very excited about that. But back to the Oaks, you know, we took those contours. We used those as our inspiration. We softened them a bit, you know, for today's speeds because we want to better run, run the greens at 12, no problem. Um, and it's a terrific golf course. It's one that you want to be off to a good start through the first seven holes, and then you put on your seatbelt because you might not make another birdie after that. Tough course <laughs> from uh, from number eight to the house. It's tough. Bill, I read that you used aerial photos from the 1950s to help you with renovating that course. How did that help you get the course back to where you wanted it to be? 
Yeah, so when we go on any project, we are scouring the clubhouse, we're asking the membership, we're we're always looking for anything historic on the property. I've got a map in front of me right now of Chattanooga Golf and Country Club. And it's a current map, but when we did that golf course, we were able to find, you know, photos from probably the 30s. Uh, so it was Ross untouched at that time. Um, out at the Oaks, I, we could have been slightly even older than the 50s. I actually can't remember, but old black and white photos. And we definitely, um, definitely used those to, um, to help us, uh, with knowing how we wanted bunkers to lay and, and what we wanted to do with the project just gives you a, you're always gathering as much information so you can honor the original design of the golf course. Bill, you've done a number of Tillinghast renovations. Talk about getting familiar with him, how you got familiar with what the layout and the contour should look like, and then go back and restoring it to the way it was. Yeah. So we, you know, I do do my research as far as, um, both, you know, online today, you can get all kinds of information, but I also have, I have, you know, the course beautiful, which is his book, which, which the photographs in those, in the, in that book are original. So you get to see exactly what's what. And one of the inspiration, um, that I used for the Oaks was actually Baltusrol. And I used it because I played the U.S. Open there. So I had a personal tie to Baltusrol. And then, you know, I liked the the style of bunkering Tillinghast did not have an identifiable style. He had some certain things that he did a great hazard. He did very, certain things that he repeated, but he was more diverse than most architects as far as what his courses looked like. And so, which I give him great credit for that. And um, but but you know, you do your research, and you can go online right now, and you can find tons of photographs of Tillinghast work. The problem is most of the pictures you're seeing are current. And so there are, of courses that have already been being redone. So finding historic photos is a little bit more challenged, but it's possible. Um, so, it, you know, it, there's a lot of resources out there today that I'm sure architects did not have in the past. And so we make use, you know, of every bit of information we can gather whenever we're working on a project. Bill, just a couple more before I let you go. And another one of your renovations that I'm dying to go see is Waterfall Club over in Clayton, Georgia. Talk about that course. Yeah, so Waterfall, I really just fine-tuned the golf course. So, um, you know, it was a it was a course that's on a on an incredibly um, mountainous sort of property, difficult for the original architect Scott Poole to build, but he managed to get it in there. And then it was it was a hard golf course, very hard. And so um, we were tasked with making it more playable. And so we went in there and we redid all the bunkers. We did redid our areas around Green's complexes. And in doing the bunkers, the depth on the original bunkers, I joke, but they could have averaged eight feet deep. There were five bunkers that were 13 feet deep, which is incredible wow. when you think about that bunker, hitting that bunker shot. And no golf course has the clientele capable of doing that. But at Waterfall, people are going for relaxation and vacation or second homes or, or just to get away. And they certainly don't want to be beat up by their golf course. So uh, we adjusted all the bunker depths and, and, and made the golf course more playable around the greens. I like to say it this way. I tend to, to build hard golf courses, but I also make 
make it so that players can hit less than perfect golf shots and still have fun. And so we, we kind of pay attention both ends. Uh, you know, our courses get harder for the best players, and they are definitely more playable and more fun, more fair for high handicap. So we, we pay attention to your skill level, whether you're a beginner or not very skilled or whether you're, as, as, you know, the best player at the club. So we pay attention to both. And then recently we just uh, converted all the fairways from Bankcrest to Zoysia. And that was a good move. While it sounds really good to have bent grass fairways at Waterfall, it was at 2,100 feet above sea level and, quite honestly, too hot July and August at bent grass. And so they had soft, squishy, thatchy bent grass fairways up there for years. People would lose golf balls in the fairway, literally plug and lost ball right down the middle of the fairway. So now we've gone in and over a couple projects, we've converted all the fairways to Zoysia, which will handle the cool weather and the warm weather beautifully up there. And so um, they've really, really uh, upgraded the golf course tremendously over the last two or three years. Um, And it is a beautiful place. The views out there are phenomenal, and everybody enjoys Lake Burton as well. Bill, I want to go back to your playing days, and we've talked a little bit about this in some of your previous appearances. But you finished 14th at the Open Championship in 1984. It was played that year at St. Andrews. The Open is back there this year for the 150th anniversary of the tournament. You shot a third round 66 in that 84 Open. That was tied with Tom Watson and Sam Torrance for the round of the week. Take us through what it was like being a part of an Open Championship, particularly at St. Andrews. Cool, baby. So that was... um I'd say, you know, my golf career, I played six years professionally and obviously four years in college. And I was, my career was full of moments. (laughs) Rather than being a really good player, I just had some really nice moments. And that might be at the top of the list, partially because it's St. Andrews. Um, And secondly, you know, the 66 was equally the best round of the whole week. So nobody shot better than that. So that's pretty exciting for one day to have been at a, an elite level. And I did play with Fowler the final round, so I got a good taste of what real golf was all about, uh, even if it was a snippet. Um, but the most interesting thing to me was I qualified for the tournament. I went over and qualified and, and was playing really well. I finished second in a in a uh, TPS tour, which is, if you think of the Corn Ferry Tour, that's what that was back in 1984 and I finished second a couple of weeks before that and and had the money to go try to qualify and I'd already entered. I get over there and I play really well in the qualifier, finished second, shot a course record in the, in the second round on the on London Links, which is the nearby qualifying golf course. And so you show up on Tuesday morning of the tournament. So think about it. that's today at the PGA Championship. I'm not in the tournament till the night before. And you show up, and I, I go up, and I'm going to play actually with friends, which is nice. I I was able to join a few of my friends and play a practice round. And I was more nervous on the first tee shot of a practice round than I was on any shot during the tournament. I had this incredible adrenaline whatever rush that took over, and it was just the overwhelming fact that I was there at St. Andrews. And, and it's the home of golf. It's, you know, such an important place. And it really had this incredibly special, positive impact 
that um, just ran ran right through my body, and I, I you know couldn't quite explain it, but it was it was it was very unusual, especially being in a practice round with friends. But um, it was an exciting time, and then I played you know well the first two days, and, and it, the scores will sound funny because today's world they shoot so much lower. But I shot four over. I was 75, 73 the first two days, made the cut on the nose. And this was back when they had a, a second round cut and a third round cut, which they don't have those anymore. And so um, tee up early Saturday morning and go out to 66 and go from the cut line to the inside the top 20 in 18 holes. And um, so that was a that was a, a quite a day. And then Sunday I played with Faldo and shot I shot 33, 33 on Saturday. And on Sunday, I shot another 33 and was all moved all the way up to about tied for fifth. Um, not anywhere near the lead, but tied for fifth. And then, uh, unfortunately, the back nine, I, I ended up two bogeys, the rest pars, shot 71 the final round and ended up 14th. But it was definitely a highlight. You know, as an architect, looking back on that experience, I played the British or the Open Championship at St. Andrews and I played the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. And you can't beat that. You know, there aren't many, um, true architects and i shouldn't say that that way but you know there's a lot of great players who are architects but they don't do it full-time i'm i'm full-time do all the grading plans drainage plans grassing plans all the plans you know there are guys who have just done there are many guys who have done that bill before i let you go remind our listeners how can we stay up to date with all the great things you're doing whether it's on your website or it's over social media yeah, our website's Bergen Golf, so it's easy to find. And, you know, we've got a lot going on uh, right now. We're, we are, it's, it's amazing how many projects we have. Like, like I was saying, we've got three new courses, one which will be announced in July, which you'll be very interested in. And it is on an incredible piece of property, one that just blows my mind every time I'm on it. So that, that's an exciting announcement. So stay tuned. And then, um, we're very active on social media. We do, we do Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. We're always posting pictures of our work. If you like golf course design and are interested in golf courses and interested in what it looks like in the dirt and um, how it changes over time, it's a fun follow. So, um, you know, Chris, I always appreciate being on your show. You guys are do such a nice job, and it's nice to be associated with you, and I hope you have a blast up at Macklemore. Well, Bill, I can't thank you enough for coming back and being a part of the show. You always make this segment so much fun, and we learn a lot, and I love the enthusiasm that you bring. I hope when you're ready to uh, make that announcement for the exciting thing coming up in July, you'll come back and do it here. We'll do it. Tell Kevin I said hello. I will do it. Take care, Bill. All the best to you and your family. We'll catch up soon. That is the great Bill Bergen, folks. He is just simply one of the great golf designers that we have out there and just a fabulous human being on top of all of that. He's been a wonderful supporter of the show, again, 10 times. How lucky are we that we've had the opportunity to pick his brain that many times? But he does great work. I'm a big fan of it. When you look at it, go online, bergengolf.com. Check out his uh, designs and the the renovations that he's done. Because when you see the images, it's going to knock your socks off. He's fantastic, and I look forward to catching up with him again real soon.